I'm Shelley Palmer. I'm Ross Martin. And you're listening and watching Think About This. <laughs> the more you listen and watch. The less you know. So, Shelly, I think people that are listening might feel this sounds a little bit different than uh -huh. our other gazillion episodes that we've done before. And people that are now watching for the first time get to see how handsome you are. I think the big question people will have for us when we switch up the format like this is why did we do it? Well, to tell you the truth, Ross, I see that you're in Maine. Every, I know that. And now people know I'm telling them you're in Maine in your delightful attic studio with your <laughs> lumberjack beard and your hunter safe cap. Yes. Awesome. Awesome Thank in every you. way. Thank I am, you. I'm up in Stratton, Vermont, where I have been for the last eight weeks uh, in exile. Uh, this might as well be Dagobah, where Yoda is. I mean, I am literally so far away from humanity. It's crazy. Very lucky to have my whole family up here. While I was up here, I was thinking about our podcast and i was thinking about things i could do that would enhance the production of the podcast and the more i thought about it the more i went the other way and said we don't need to produce it in a more elaborate way we need to take our success and multiply it with a force multiplier so what is that force multiplier well as it turns out ross a lot of people are watching video right now in a lot of different ways they're watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, Twitter Periscope, Twitch. I go down the list. I thought to myself, how could we get our messaging out to that? Because our audience is huge. And I'm thinking, okay, that's just audio. But I'm doing Zoom every day. We could do a video podcast and it could be like distributed planetarily. So welcome to the planetarily distributed. Well, I, I like it. This. I also like it more because it's stripped down. It's just you and me doing our thing. Like there's no artifice here. It's just us and the people that we talk to and they're coming on our show. They're gonna, we're going to take 10 minutes out of their time and they're going to actually give us ways that we can have a massive impact on the pandemic reality that we're living in. We get to do that stuff and there's nothing in the way anymore. And by the way, like, I, I, like, I don't know, as if you knew this was all going to happen and we'd be living differently before, like you, you foresaw it because you created, P, you know, the PGX platform, right? So now you have thousands of people in an online community anyway that are telling us what we should say on our podcast all the time. We, we get so much feedback. I think part of the feedback was like, hey, guys, like screw all like the special effects. Just like just do your thing and have these conversations and get it out. And I think that's right, Ross. You know, some of the some of the film grammar that we learned over the years, some of the production values we've sort of built up over the years, they became their own thing, right? Yes. It became like a thing of a thing. Yeah, and that's right. What, what, what I feel like- In I, a world. Yeah. yeah. But what I've learned in the last eight weeks is that the most important thing you can do is just talk to each other and most importantly, listen to one another. Well, today, so today we get that. Today we get to do that. And, and the, the idea that we're starting this new format with Pastor Mike and Erica Ford, who are some of the most inspiring civic leaders in the world today, yeah. um, that's an example of what we could do on this show and um, I think what people are hoping for from us. Well, let's bring them on, Pastor Mike and Erica Ford. <laughs> So we're grateful to have you both on our show. Now, I know you are huge fans and listeners uh, and, of our podcast. Um, Shelly's like, no, they're not. But um, just so you know, 
every single day. That's awesome. Because then it we, comes on. Yeah. I love that. Um, look, you know, I think our audience has been counting on us for the better part of a year to help them understand things um, in a day in, a, in ways that maybe uh, are different than they first imagined and to sort of overcome their cognitive bias, uh, overcome whatever assumptions they've made about what's going on in the world and think differently uh, about the stuff we're living through and we're living through an incredible time. So we wanted to have you both on this show because I think everybody really needs to hear your perspective on what's going on in the world. Yeah. So, so I, I come from Queens. Um, we're based in Queens. Queens is the epicenter of the epicenter of this coronavirus. There's more people that have died in Queens that have the virus in other cities um, and some big cities. And, um, the impact of the impact is in a concentrated area and it has taken away the matriarchs and the patriarchs of families. Um, it is devastating the community in a way that, you know, has never, of course, been done before. And so we are not only helping to get uh, the proper PPE equipment to folks, but we're also helping people heal. We're helping people transform their pain into, you know, just hope and prosperity and giving them a reason to look to the next day and just, you know, helping them understand that things will be all right, that we are a, to a people built of tenacity, that we've been through a lot of crazy things as, a, as black and brown people in this world, and this too shall pass. And we will come out the resilient people that we are on top of the game, um, understanding that death is a part of that journey called life. Pastor Mike, what are, you, what are you seeing in the community? Well, just like Erica, um, you know, it's, it's been very difficult to um, experience the disproportionate impact of, of death um, in such a short amount of time. I think, you know, for us, our work for, um, you know, most of our lives has been in one way or another trying to, you know, slow death down in our communities, whether you we've endured the crack cocaine epidemic, you know, whether we've endured um, the gang wars, whether we've endured um, the police um, misconduct and shootings that have happened and, 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 and now just, you know, daily um, challenges that we face that are an extension of several centuries of just terror that has uh, been structured in our communities. Um, but I think this coronavirus has um, introduced us to a whole nother level of um, death in a short amount of time that is terribly difficult for us to really wrap our brain around, mostly because, you know, the systems and the structures that should hold communities and cities and, dare I say, our nation together in a time of crisis does not exist. And um, the only thing that seems to work with ruthless efficiency when it comes to black and brown communities um, are law enforcement agencies, our prisons, our, the, the very system that a lot of us are trying um, to lessen their impact in our communities. We don't have healthcare systems that work efficiently to save our lives. We don't have financial systems that work efficiently to save our lives. Our family members and loved ones can work 40, 50, 60 hours a week and still can't pay their bills, still can't get access to health care, still can't find affordable housing. Um, and some of these folks have advanced degrees. And so there, there's just, I think, such a 
a, a terrible kind of um, bottlenecking of, of challenges that face our community that I do not believe are a result of Black people's um, inability to do the right thing. Yeah, no, you can, you can, I mean, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you can see now more probably than ever where the inequalities and inequities are in the system because coronavirus doesn't care if you're black or white or it, it just doesn't care if you're human it's novel to you and everybody is going to who's exposed to it is going to have some level of the disease and what's become very very clear what's become very clear is how different the healthcare systems are in each of the communities we live in m- more than i ever could have imagined before this erica i know you're doing some great stuff and i know pastor mike you are also part of this fight we could maybe you could tell us a little bit about how you guys have rallied and and what it is what are the programs you're putting together and how um, your community outreach has uh, started to help? Well, the Mask for the People was a humanitarian effort that we pulled together uh, with a lot of partners and friends, W. Kamau Bell, uh, Steve Kerr, Erica Ford, uh, Tamika Mallory, um, uh, Bishop Noel Jones, a lot of faith leaders, a lot of activists, artists, um, to help us shift the conversation away from war language you know we're not at war with a virus any more than we are at war with a tornado or earthquake mm-hmm. when you use war when you use war language you know it creates enemies it creates casualties it creates profiteering um you know we felt like mass for the people was trying to address a particular need of getting uh, mass to folks who are on the front line still to this day interrupting gun violence still to this day providing essential work with no protective equipment from our corporate or um, you know governmental uh, um, uh, partners and and whatnot, and so we tried to raise a million dollars, and we were successful in getting a big donation from Jack Dorsey and about 150 or so thousand more dollars from small donors um, to put masks on the ground to give out for free. We feel it's a Trojan horse to do the work that Eric was talking about, healing and love and saving some people's lives. If you show up with hope, people will give you their hopelessness, and so masks for the people is the effort one of many efforts to do that and and erica and the work that that they're doing in the five boroughs of new york and beyond um you know is is a continued um expression of the work we were doing before this crisis but mass is just attempting to meet a particular gap that we see in our community that's that's incredible i you want to ask how it works no just how how does how does it how does it work like mass for the people how how does it how does the process work yeah so you know we 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 had to build our own supply chain um, we had to break into the supply chains of, of all these profiteering um, hedge fund managers who had been commandeering PPE from China for months and stockpiling it and not allowing it to get into the prisons and into even some hospitals in um, poor urban and rural communities. Um, folks have been looking for masks for weeks and months and can't get them. The government trumping them or commandeering people's masks as they come in from China and restocking it in the FEMA supply. It's just all kind of shady stuff. So we literally have built a supply chain in the last two or three weeks um, with a bunch of community members. It's a duct tape operation, but the resources have allowed us to now uh, put masks. We delivered about 100,000 masks to uh, New Jersey, New York yesterday. Another uh, 80, 90,000 are going to the Midwest. Um, uh, we got another 100,000 hitting the South. And so we're, we're putting the mask on the ground and people are going to mask.rocks, R-O-C-S dot online, pre-register for a mask. 
and they'll get a care package of either five or 10 masks, which we think is a two week uh, supply, particularly if you're an essential worker, or our outreach teams that do gun violence prevention work already still going out. Now they have masks and they can go and they can talk to young people and educate them about the coronavirus, give them a mask, talk to them about the importance of staying safe and healthy. Um, and so we're doing this in at least a dozen cities across the country. It's all a labor of love. Everybody's volunteering their time. We need more donations. Nobody's profiting off this at, at all. As a matter of fact, some of us are going in debt to make this happen because it's taken away from some of the work we already have to do. But we realize if no one's going to bring masks to our people and information and love and salvation of our bodies, our spirit, our minds, then we have to do that. And masks is just the way to try to get that job done. Uh, that's unbelievable, Pastor Mike. Uh, Erica, we know you, Shelly and I, from the the last epidemic, which is not done. Uh, gun violence in America, specifically in certain communities. And now you're on to the next one. So tell us what you're doing in your communities. And I, I understand you're not even able to get to your community. So that <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Um, because of the, the impact of the virus in Queens, I'm stuck in California. But on the ground but she's on the best guess, side of the country touch your neighbor she's she's I've, I've been trying to get erica to say it things happen for a reason <laughs> things happen for a reason you know um we might just be lucky with this weather um but but being here i'm able to focus and, and concentrate and lead the team and and what i've been able to accomplish is connecting with beyond burgers and so like right now today we're handing out thousands of meals throughout new york city's five boroughs to participants and and, and brothers and sisters and families who've been impacted by violence and now impacted by coronavirus we've been able to connect with uber and giving out um discount rides and, and discount Uber Eats to hundreds of thousands of people across the city. Um, we've been able to connect with, um, prior to mass for the, the masses, Russell Simmons, and we did a Healing Through Laughter comedy show with, with um, D.L. Ugly and um, some of the top comedians, Tiffany Haddish and, and a whole lot other. Frederick to raise mm -hmm. funds to, to bring masks to the community. And so we were able to give masks to all of the crisis management sites, as well as, unfortunately, there's a lot of nurses, a lot of MTA drivers, a lot of people that work in the stores that people go to, the grocery stores, the drug stores, that don't have masks, that just literally don't have masks. Their job will give a nurse one mask and tell them to make it last all week. And with the intensity of the virus, on them like that's deadly. And so now we see the, the repercussions of that. We see nurses and doctors dying in the hospitals. And so when you look at this epidemic and the intensity of the virus, and then you look at, as you said, the first epidemic in terms of gun violence was not resolved. And so for us in Southeast Queens, we had 30 shootings in one period of time where 25 people died. And now we have this where 48,000 people so far have died in Queens, you know? And so when we look at this devastating impact, impact we have a, a soul that's broken. And so our therapeutic wellness team is constantly doing meditation classes online. We have them every day. We have Wellness Wednesday. We have Feel Good Friday, where we do healing through laughter every Friday. Um, and these things are just, and then we have our Peace Mobile that's going out and going around and 
and you know we have some spiritual people on the the rv talking to people in the community playing music helping to lift people's spirit because all we can do right now is get people through the process and we want to get as many people through that we that we can but as as pastor mike said we still have to make payroll we still have to create new ways to keep the the high-risk individuals that we were working with engaging in negative activity right so we're trying to get them to stay inside put down a gun and do Zoom classes. And, and that's a challenge within a challenge within a challenge, right? And then um, create a way where we can still, you know, support the community in the way in which we need to support the community. And so all of these things take resources, it takes time, it takes labor, and it's a lot. And, and we have been impacted directly by the virus. Several of our staff caught the virus, several of our staff's family, directly um, immediate brothers and sisters and, and fathers have died from the virus. And so all of this in the times of trying to do our work and, and as Pastor Mike stated, the police in our community are, are over aggressive for some unforsaken reason, don't even have empathy to the time. You know, um, somebody, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't wanna get into particulars, but you see how they relate to other communities. And you know, where we have the, the, the uh, uh, enormous amount of people dying, then you have their children who are in pain. They might go out and smoke weed, they just might. But they're not killing no one, they're not robbing no one, they're not beating no one down. So why are you coming to them with that aggression and disrespect and lack of empathy? And so we want to just let people understand is that we thought our worlds didn't connect. Right? And we see the virus started in China. It went to Italy. It went to the next place. It went to the next place. And then it came to all of our doors, right? And so it shows the interconnection of us. And so with that same interconnection that we see with the, the, um, tracks, the contracting of the virus, we need to see with the supporting of people having human quality life, you know? And that's the only appeal that we can have to your listeners is that our brothers and sisters and our children have a right to live a life free of suffering from any epidemic. Absolutely, Erica. So what is the best way that people listening can help you achieve your goals or at least make the world a little better? Um, they can come to lifecampinc.com. It's lifecampinc.com. And they can, you know, find out where they can fit in in terms of the, if they need healing, if they need masks, if they need other supplies, and they can donate to, to the work that we're doing. Definitely, you can donate to Mass for the People. Go to livefreeusa.org if you like. But let me give you a policy solution. Uh, Elizabeth Warren and Ro Khanna, Representative Ro Khanna, have, have launched the Essential Workers Bill of Rights. Um, it's a very important piece of legislation that um, guarantees, it would guarantee if passed, that essential workers have PPE, they have universal child care, they have um, the ability to keep, you know, bargaining for um, rights on their on their job. Um, it's a massive piece of legislation that I think all of us across this country should support. Whether you are a Republican or a Democrat, we right. cannot let our essential workers go out while we're sheltering in place, trying to survive, and they go out to put their life on the line, and we're not even using our tax base to protect them. Um, it is to me one of the most egregious, evil expressions of our, our disconnection in this country. So the Essential Workers Bill of Rights is something all of us can do while you're quarantined. Call your uh, congressperson and your senator. Tell them we want a bipartisan Essential Workers Bill of Rights passed. 
And let me also just say, many of the programs that we work with across the country, similar to Erica, uh, all of our, our budgets are being slashed. Erica can go on and on if you get more time to talk about how the youth job programs are, are going to be slashed this summer in New York, in Oakland, in Detroit, in Memphis, in Chicago. What are our young people going to do? So we should be making sure the tax base in your local city puts youth programming dollars aside for food at the very least for some some kind of enrichment and mental health healing programs just those two policy um proposals you calling your elected official both locally and nationally to get those two things passed it will bless us it will save a lot of lives people that you know we know and uh, help us get to the post-corona rebuilding part that all of us are going to have to link arms together to do you know and and pastor mike has faith in the system i don't right so i'm not pushing a bill i'm pushing your bills to come to my account right because when they pass the bill for everybody to get the ppa assistance or ppe whatever that was right all of the small black and brown businesses the money ran out when it came time for us right so i'm not i can't rely on government to take care of us we have to take care of us and those who care about us have to take care of us um so if people could donate directly to life camp inc Let's make this change happen and, and we can help support hundreds of others, right? Let's overflow our bank account. That's right? why we wanted and to have you on the, the show. The government yeah, does not, unfortunately, by the time it gets to the bottom, there's nothing left. Listen, you, know? you, you two have made a name for yourselves in, beyond the communities that you serve. Um, you are, uh, you know, um, inspiring to everyone else that hears about what you're doing and the more people learn what we have seen Shelly and I is that the more they want to get involved and so that's why we wanted to have you on the show so thank you both so much for coming on um, for being clear with your call to action and your mission and for the impact that you're, you've been having by the way both of you for decades um, but now more than ever more now, than now, we, now as if it didn't count before this is everything yeah, so well, Erica has much. decades on her. I just have one. I'm only 30 years old. So. Yeah. <laughs> look, guys, stay stay safe and, and bless you both for your work. And we look forward to seeing you soon in happier times. And keep up the yes. great work, truly. Thank you, sir. Thank you both. Thank you, Brad. Thank you all. Thank you all. Well, look, I feel like you know. Pastor Mike and Erica Ford, as we said when we introduced them, have been inspiring the two of us and a lot of people we know for a very long time. Their impact on their communities has been, you know, astounding. Um, but but now you get the sense that it matters. Not the sense. It's obvious. This is this is game time now. Like every single hour, every minute, and the fact that we could, you know, change the format of our show in response to what people want from Think About This, and give our first platform in this new format to Erica and to Mike. I'm glad we did that. Yeah, I am too. You know, Ross, it, this is a very tough time for everybody. And you and I have discussed this a lot. The last several shows have been very dark, really, if you think about it. We talked about the birth of the new economy, the death of the old economy. Yes. I mean, it's yeah, almost, well, it's almost gallows humor now, right? Because this is getting worse in a way that is starting to be palpable to everyone, no matter how insulated you think you are, you have to understand how many people are suffering. And when I was talking to Erica last week about, and she's stuck in California, so she's like removed. And yet 
probably more committed than she's ever been to, to leading her, her team. They have such an uphill battle. And as you know, there were more gun deaths in and around the uh, 30, 40 block area from life camp. In Queens, yeah. In Queens and pretty much anywhere else. And, and then now they're ground zero again, but this time for the pandemic. And it's like, how many times can you hit somebody? How many times can you hit them and how hard? So- well, as Mike said, as Mike said, um, they, they, they're tough. They are resilient. Mike said, look, you come here to my community. Like we get back up when we get knocked down. And I just find it so inspiring. I mean, we're sitting here, I'm, you know, like I, I, I'm very away from the rest of the human population here in Maine. You're clearly in the woods. In Vermont. It happened um, for years. And we can pretend we're all safe and fine, but, but the people that they serve, they can't pretend. You know what was interesting, though, and I really appreciated it, too. Pastor Mike has two policy initiatives. He's very, very... very yeah, I was surprised to hear because they're powerful. I, did, I didn't know... I'm not surprised they're powerful. I did not know those two things were happening. I, I didn't I, know he was partnering with Elizabeth Warren on that. And then you had Erica on the other side saying, government... Don't trust them. Systems don't she's work. Going. Yeah. Yeah, so but she's have, right. She's right. We're sitting here watching the LA Lakers give back their PPP loan. With, yeah. So uh, you have a choice here at Think About This. Here's two things to think about. You can think about the policy initiatives that are coming out of Washington, which are all good intentioned. And you've got proponents like Pastor Mike who are like, okay, I'll play. Let's go. And then you have feet on the street like Erica Ford who's saying, I appreciate it. Do me a favor. Send us the money because we don't trust the government. And you have a choice to make. And th- well, I'm that- glad we did that. Yeah, me too. So think about that. So Shelly, you ask me every time we talk, like, what are brands doing? I uh, do. That, what's working, what's not working. And, you know, obviously we're in the middle of this pandemic economy, which is the space between the old economy, which is dying in our arms and the new economy, which is being born. And so we look at, you know, how brands are performing and the decisions that they're making on a daily basis, in some cases an hourly basis. And a lot of that stuff is getting missed because there's just simply no room for it in the life cycle. Right. And since we're, we're not actually out and about like a lot of brand activity and brand decisions are just sort of like just flying by and people aren't actually catching it. But one that I want to make sure that people don't miss is what's happening with that butter lando lakes so it's like lando lakes butter it's almost their 100th birthday and to celebrate they've responded to all the um the decades of criticism that they've gotten about their packaging their logo so you got a it's got a native american woman right in the middle of like uh, lakes a, 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 a bizarre indigenous looking yeah. creature character in the middle of the O land O lakes. And, you know, she's often referred to as the butter maiden, which is like, what does that even mean? But it's, you know, they've been targeted because Terrible. of the ob- objectification and the, you know, so what some people call racism of having a native American, like sitting like this and are offering up the butter in. And so what did they do? They, they quietly, or maybe they shouted about it, but nobody heard. They, they took her off the packaging. What do you mean? They just removed she's, the lady from the Land of Lakes ladies? Exactly. Land the Butter Lakes. Maiden, the, the uh, amb- ambiguously indigenous 
Native American e kind of person is just not there. And so instead you you have just the beautiful landscape, but she's gone and it just says farmer owned. So they changed their packaging and now it's just lakes, as in the land oh lakes. Oh lakes. Land yes. oh lakes. Okay, that's great. Who cares? Okay, right. So you would think like maybe that just sort of ameliorates those who were just really angry about like maybe it just chills it out. And like everyone's like, oh yeah, they stopped using that Native American logo land. from decades ago that right. was some kind like of cultural pro- appropriation, inappropriate. Through the lens of today, we're, through the lens of today, we're going right. to change it up and make. Lit. Okay, but the but yes, but the world did not respond kindly to this because someone immediately went on the internet's the World Wide Web, and said, oh, so, so you, you took the Native American away, but you kept her land? Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Oh, shit. And oh. you're like, oh, God. I thought we were doing the right thing. That's what they're thinking. Like, the CMO and the CEO of Lando Lakes right now are like, I thought we were doing the right thing. And they were feeling so good about it. And then so, that happens. So I'm going to take you down another path for a second. You know, there was my, my granddaughters are being homeschooled right now and, uh, you know, online video schooled. And there was a section that came up about uh, the discovery of America. <laughs> and so, of course, Christopher Columbus's name came up. Yes. And so you're making yeah. some toast. Uh, for their lunch, and you put some Lando Lakes butter on it. <laughs> we're sitting. No, no, it's worse. We're sitting at dinner the other night. And a group of us are sitting at dinner, and because we're all here in exile, and we try to get you know everybody together at the dinner table on a couple nights a week. And one of my granddaughters, I won't call her out, says, "What do you think?" Looking at me, mm-hmm. "What do you think of Christopher Columbus?" And I was like, why, you can't would, win that. why would you ask? And oh, she no. says to me, because he did a lot of bad things. <laughs> you got, you, you, that's when you run out of the house. You just leave. You got to run. Just give up. Because so, you're responsible. What are you supposed to do? So I'm going to leave my own response out of that because I, I really want to know. Why? I People want to know what Shelly thinks of Christopher uh, And I will formulate an opinion when I have time to research Uh about this guy. Uh But through the lens of today, it is very, very hard out of context to look at a historical figure or a historical event and pass a judgment about it contextually. And so through our, like it's it's that old argument, Ross, can you separate the art from the artist? It's really hard. Well, look, lucky for you. The internet, in the case of... Yeah, they made the decision for me. But in the case of Lando Lakes, <laughs> yeah. the internet has now come up with another solution. Oh, I'm ready. Which is this. They've moved the O over to the land side. So there's the land, and then there's the lakes. And it's Lando Lakes. And now it's Lando Lakes. And they put a picture of Lando Calrissian in the <laughs> middle. So it's, it's like a Billy D. Williams moment in culture again, right? So it's Lando and then him and then lakes, which I think solves everything. So when you go to the store, just Lando lakes. It would, except that in the latest Star Wars Honest Trailer video, I found out that Lando 
when he makes that only, only appearance in Star Wars, the most recent. Yeah. I will not name it because I can't stand this movie. Cannot be named. He has one line that's not inside of a, uh, the Millennium Falcon. It's to a young lady. And what does he say? He's basically hitting on her. Of course, that's what he did. And in the canon, it turns out the woman he's speaking to is his daughter. And end of story. Think about that.